0: Welcome to Living Water Radio. We are saints and sinners. Today, we're going to find out why that's a very nice thing to say. My name is Pastor David Burkettall. My wife, Reverend Sally Welch, is co-producing this podcast. Sally is an ordained minister actively focusing on ecumenical and interfaith ministry. I served Lutheran Christian congregations in Compton, California, and in San Dimas, California, for over 40 years. Today, I'm filling in temporarily for pastors in the Los Angeles area, maintaining our yard as my gym, and I'm attempting to learn Mandarin Chinese. We are retired clergy and have over 80 years of ordained ministry experience between the two of us. Check out our first Living Water Radio podcast, number zero, Welcome and Introduction, for more information about us and this podcast. One of my cousins, Pat Matheny, played a solo concert at Royce Hall at UCLA the other night. Pat has played for over 50 years, recorded 53 albums, and won 20 Grammys and numerous other awards and honors. So it's not surprising that he has numerous appreciative fans. People at what looked like a sold-out concert were yelling, thank you, after some of his pieces, which is a very nice thing to say to a musician. I was speaking with the mother of one of our preschool students at back-to-school night at the church I served in San Dimas several years ago. It turned out that she was an obstetrical nurse in a large hospital where one of our son's best friend's father served as an obstetrician. I asked her if she knew him. She said, he's a good doctor, paused, and then said, and a good man. I was able to tell him that. That's a very nice thing to say about a doctor. Mark Hamill, who played Luke Skywalker in the Star Wars trilogy of trilogies, told of a conversation he had while visiting a boy who had had an arm amputated in a children's hospital. He told Mark that he wasn't scared because Luke had his arm cut off. That's a very nice thing to say to an actor about his impact. Sally's mom was in the hospital and had radium treatment for cancer. Her pastor had to put on a protective suit to visit her. Her mom later told Sally, he held my hand and he wasn't afraid. That's a very nice thing to say about a pastor. Jacob Collier is an English Grammy Award-winning multifaceted, multi-instrumentalist musician with a four-octave vocal range and a creative appreciation for music theory. He spent a residency at MIT developing software with MIT engineers that could create complex harmonies from a melody in real time. I watched a documentary about that residency in which a professor at MIT said that Jacob Collier made him believe that there is divinity in the world. That's a very nice thing to say about any person. God created everything out of nothing, and in the crown of creation, God created human beings. And when he did that, he said at the end of Genesis 1, 26-31, God saw everything that he had made, and indeed, it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. That is a very nice thing to say about human beings. It's the way we were created to be. And in the reading from the Bible's book of the Gospel according to Matthew, that will be read all over the world this coming Sunday on All Saints Sunday, Jesus says in his Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5, verses 1 through 12, some very nice things about God's people. Of the poor in spirit, he said, Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. To those who mourn, he said, They will be comforted. To the meek, he said, They will inherit the earth. To those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, he said, They will be filled. To the merciful, he said, They will receive mercy. To the pure in heart, he said, they will see God. To the peacemakers, he said, they will be called children of God. To those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, he said, theirs is the kingdom of heaven. To those who are reviled and persecuted and spoken against with all kind of evil falsely on his account, he said, rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. These are very nice things to say to those who people in their culture in their day, including the religious leaders, looked down on. Jesus called them blessed. But things have not changed much in some ways. I recently read an interview with an editor of Christianity Today magazine, who is a former church leader in the Baptist denomination. He said that pastors are increasingly telling him that church members are coming up to them after even parenthetically mentioning the Beatitudes, the blessed are the so-and-so section of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount in this coming All Saints Sunday's Gospel reading, Matthew 5, 1-12, and asking the pastors where they got all those liberal talking points. When the pastors would say that they were literally quoting the words of Jesus Christ, the response was, that doesn't work for me anymore. That's weak. God does not see the world the way the world sees itself, especially those who believe that they are in power. God values the relationship with God for which we were created. God values the transformed life that God gives to all who receive it. He paid for it at the cross. It is those who know that they are sinners, broken and in need, who have nowhere else to turn except to God, that are most likely to open their heart to receive the gift of reconciliation given to them at the cross, the powerful think that they don't need any help. What is our ministry to them? Popular wisdom was once, if you can't say something nice about a person, don't say anything at all. I like to think that that wisdom comes from 16th century church reformer Martin Luther's explanation of the Eighth Commandment, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. He said, what is this or what does this mean? We are to fear and love God so that we do not tell lies about our neighbors, betray or slander them, or destroy their reputations. Instead, we are to come to their defense, speak well of them, and interpret everything they do in the best possible light. What if everyone spoke in this way? It would make the world an almost unfathomably much better place, a much holier place, because it would reflect the grace of God in action. Some people think that being a saint is about our behavior, like the story of the two brothers who ran a small town. They cheated, they stole, and they bullied their way into control, and everybody hated them. One day, one of the brothers died. The surviving brother, though nobody could remember him ever being at all religious, went to the pastor of a church in this town and made him a proposition. My brother and I own everything in this town and everyone in it, and now I own it by myself, he said. I want my brother's funeral to be in this church, and I want you to lead it and I'll give a big donation to your church, but in exchange, I want you to say at the funeral, he was a saint. What do you say? To everyone's surprise, the pastor said, okay. On the day of the funeral, the brother directed everyone in town to attend. When it came time for the pastor to speak, the pastor went to the casket and said, everyone knew this man. He and his brother ran this town. He was a bully, a thief, a coward, and a cheat. He thought that he could buy anyone and anything, but compared to his brother, he was a saint. (laughs) That's pretty much not what it means to be a saint, unless you know that being that kind of saint is only the result of a transformed life lived in response to the gift of a living relationship with the one true living God. Some Christian denominations believe that the term saint is an honorific title given to someone who has achieved holiness. The term halo comes from the same root as hallowed, as in hallowed be thy name in the Lord's Prayer. Martin Luther described the Christian life as being that of being both a saint and a sinner at the same time. We continue in sin in a fallen world, so we are sinners." But Jesus died on the cross to make us righteous before God, so we are saints. All baptized and believing Christians have put on Christ and therefore are saints. It is the term used to address Christians in the New Testament of the Bible who are worshiping together at a particular place. Sally and I were driving through L.A. the other night after my cousin's concert and saw an illuminated road sign that said, Welcome to Beverly Hills police drone in use. That was a new one for us. We used to see signs that said speed enforced by aircraft, though I don't think that I ever saw any aircraft, and this time I didn't actually see a drone. Drones would be cheaper and probably more effective, though, than airplanes. Maybe it was only a deterrent, a threat. There is no threat in All Saints Day, just the opposite. God isn't some buff guy up in the clouds waiting for us to mess up. God calls us his saints by the transformed life won at the cross for all who receive the gift of relationship with God for which we were created, even when we mess up. All we do is to repent and receive God's gift of love. Human beings rebelled against God soon after their creation, and evil entered the world. They earned only God's condemnation. Jesus spoke of God's actual disposition toward human beings and their future in God. In John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but may have eternal life. That is a very nice thing to say to human beings. It reveals both our transformed life and everything about God. Today, let's remember to pray the Lord's Prayer, the one that Jesus taught us. If you don't know what that is, contact us at therevs.davidandsally@gmail.com, at gmail.com or send us a tweet to at David and we'll send it to you. Send your prayer requests to either of the same addresses and we'll include them next time. Send your comments, questions, and concerns there as well and we'll respond to every one. As always, we encourage you to stay hydrated, to open your heart to receive the living water from the Source, God's Self, the living presence of the one true living God, the God who gave himself on the cross so that all who believe and are baptized might be restored to the living relationship with God for which we were created. Remember your church. Identify one if you don't already have one. Pray about it and ask the Holy Spirit to guide you. Ask a friend about it or a family member. Google it. Contact the pastor. When you have a church, go to or tune into the worship services they have available and support your church with your time, your treasure, and your talent. Pray for and support your pastor and the church leaders as they seek to do God's will for your congregation. If you are having thoughts of suicide or are struggling with mental health issues, call somebody. Contact a friend or a relative. Google a local or national hotline. Reach out. There are people around you who will walk with you through this dark time into the light. You are not alone. Wear a mask when you're outside your home. Practice social distancing. Wash or sanitize your hands regularly. Avoid crowds if you can. And be outside if you have to be in a crowd. But most importantly, get your vaccines and boosters. It's the one thing you can do to literally save lives and get us back on track. Be kind to everyone you come into contact with. Everyone you meet today struggles in some way. Be a helper and encourager. Thank you for listening to Living Water Radio. We are here for Christians and for the people of the Los Angeles metropolitan area who are looking for a sense of Christian community, a source of hope, and a way to thrive together as we move into the new normal. We hope you'll tune in next time and invite your friends to do the same. Meanwhile, Sally and I encourage you to open your hearts to receive living water, the presence of the Holy Spirit, and stay hydrated.